Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals. Brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this episode, Houston Business Journal Managing Editor Jonathan Adams welcomes Div Inc. Houston Managing Director Ashley DeWalt, who shares his insight on sports and entertainment and as a mentor and investment advisor. All right, Ashley, so uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So, hey, Jonathan, first of all, pleasure to be on the podcast. I was looking forward to this, man. So thank you for having me. You know, the last 20 years, I was a management consultant, uh, the sports and entertainment industry, working with various talent brands, properties from brands such as Ray Lewis, Soledadian Tomlinson, to different sports properties such as Texas A&M University, University of Maryland, uh, but then also working with different uh, sports brands, whether it was Nike or Under Armour or Adidas. And so served as a management consultant. Really, my, my bread and butter was branding, marketing, strategy. And so I work with various stakeholders in this sports and entertainment ecosystem to really help them position their brand, tell their story, and to do it in a very strategic manner. And so that's what I've done for the last 20 years. But then also to give back, I've also was a lecturer at the University of Houston. And so, um, yes, a lot of my class were focused around sports entrepreneurship, innovation in that space, in the sports industry. So I did that for about four or five years. That was really a pleasure just to be able to be around these, these really good students and really be able to, you know, give them guidance and advice and, and mentorship and things like that as a professor to really help them along the journey in the industry since it's very relational, uh, relationship based. And so I had the pleasure of doing that for the last four or five years. And then lastly, um, you know, I've been a mentor at a venture firm slash accelerator called Stadia Ventures and working with various different sports startups, sports tech startups, as well as also being an advisor on a SPAC, a sports tech SPAC uh, here in Houston. And so that was started by David Gow and a few other partners. And so I'm 41, but I've started my journey when I was 21. And so I have a lot of scar tissue <laughs> and I've seen a lot and I've seen a lot. And so I try to, I try to um, you know, share those best practices and those learnings with the founders that are, you know, that I come across that are, that are looking to, uh, to really be part of the ecosystem in sports. And, you know, now I've transitioned into a role that really allowed me to combine my passions of technology, entrepreneurship, and education um, into this new role as a managing director for Div Inc., which is a nonprofit organization that was based out of Austin, Texas. And it was started by Preston James, who's the CEO and, and founder and co-founder. And as they were making their expansion to Houston, I just thought it was a great opportunity based upon all of the different activity going on in the, uh, in the, in the ecosystem here in Houston. Uh, but then also to allow me to marry those passions that I was about. And so and so really be able to drive some necessary, meaningful impact in the city. Speaking of Divink, tell me a little bit about that. How'd you get involved? Um, what's the goal? Man, it's a nonprofit, and what we do is we our mission is to provide social and economic equity for founders. They're looking to launch startups in whatever space, whether it's sports, whether it's energy, whatever space that it is that's startup focused, that's a tech enabled startup. We're here to basically generate that social and economic uh, equity for those for those founders. 
And with the ultimate goal of having those startups to be investable companies and be able to generate, you know, economic impact where those startups are based, um, whether they're in Houston, Austin, et cetera. And so for us with Div Inc., with that mission, there's several barriers for founders that are underrepresented. And we specifically, when we talk about working with these underrepresented founders, I just, just to, just to ask some, some clarification that consists of based upon data, women, black and Latino founders of startups. And so those three groups are the groups of people, the demographics that we really work with and, 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 and provide support, uh, networks, resources, all of these different things to those founders to really position them up for success. Because, I mean, it's it's no secret that, you know, according to Crunchbase and TechCrunch and, and PitchBook, I mean, it's less than 2% of venture capital is being provided to these founders that are launching these startups uh, that are underrepresented. And so, um, yeah, our focus is on that group. And really, we look to have them go through this 12-week accelerator program where we match them up with subject matter experts, various mentors, venture capitalists. And really just for, for me personally, I call it, we give them the playbook, the blueprint, the cheat code. That's what we really provide for these founders to be able to level up and position them up for success. And, you know, we also provide things like health and wellness sessions on a weekly basis because mental health is something that is really important to us to address. And so we address that. We have these uh, health and wellness coaches come in and really work with our founders throughout the 12-week accelerator program. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're industry agnostic. In Austin, they're focusing on, they're, they're uh, focusing on Web3 uh, in the spring of next year. And so in Houston, I'm really wanting to play on the strengths of our city. And so therefore, we're focusing our accelerators around sports tech, energy transition, and we're looking, fingers crossed, not set in stone, but the third accelerator I'm looking to have, um, because I think there's a pent-up demand for this in the city of Houston, is a women's focused accelerator. That will be around fintech, care tech, retail tech, et cetera. And so in a perfect world, if I could have it my way, that would be the third one to really uh, take advantage of the opportunity and to really help these women who are launching these awesome startups in the city of Houston. So why is it important to provide diverse founders with capital and mentorship? Yeah, so I mean, to be honest, and I'll, I'll answer that, you know, two parts to that. So in, in regards to the mentorship, it's really important for these founders to have a certain type of mentor and someone who has, you know, either went through some of the things, same things that they've went through and experienced that have a certain level of success that, again, I call a scar tissue. And these mentors are really important because, you know, for us, it's about relationships. And so these mentors that we actually recruit into our accelerator programs, we're looking at these mentors to have you know, networks and be able to outside of just their subject matter expertise to also have a network that they can potentially tap into to to increase access, right? To increase access for these founders that are coming through our accelerator program. And so like one of the things that, that we worked on is, you know, having pilot programs for these founders to be able to run beta, you know, run betas um, to really get that product market fit. But um, we can dive into that a little bit later on, but that's why the mentors are really important. And then the second part was when you talk about, uh, I believe you mentioned funding, right? Right, capital, right, yeah, and capital. funding. 
Yeah. And so, you know, that's really important. The capital piece is extremely important because without that, the founders, they're constrained, right? The growth of their startup is restricted. And so if they don't have that capital, they can't accelerate growth. And so to be honest, that's really critical. But when I talk to founders, every founder wants capital, right? Every founder wants to be venture back. But I always tell the founders that, look, you have to be able to build a relationship first with these potential uh, VCs or angel investors. You have to build a relationship first. And so, you know, again, it's critical for them to be able to have that capital to be able to scale ultimately. And then eventually, if all things go great, IPO. You know, every founder that comes through um, the accelerator program, you know, not all of them have the same end game. And that's fine. You know, for us, we try to provide them with best of the best mentors, as well as venture opportunities or venture partners, VC firms that they might be a good fit to then start to begin to, you know, establish a relationship. How does sports tech play into Divink's mission? Yeah, awesome question. So, so everyone who knows my background, they were not surprised when we launched this 5G sports tech accelerator in partnership with Verizon this year because of the fact that I've been in the industry for the last 20 years and had the pleasure of working with Hall of Fame athletes, just, just iconic brands. And so it was really no surprise. It was something that for the last five years, for me personally, this is something that's really, that's really personal to me because being in the industry since I was 21, being, you know, a young black male, there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me. I didn't have really any mentors um, until I was in my 30s. Did not have one in my 20s. I mean, it was so it was I learned through the school of hard knocks, made a lot of bonehead mistakes, but learned along the way. And so, you know, for me, I saw a lot of activity in the city of Houston from you know, a sports tech SPAC that's $100 million that was launched by Sports Map Tech that's founded by David Dow, Reed Ryan, and, and other partners, and David Oliver Luck. And so there's that. That's what's going on in the city. You also have the Canon Sports, which is an incubator for sports tech startups here in the city of Houston. We also have, just last week, was the Houston Sports Awards that's put on by the Harris County Houston Sports Authority. And so, you know, when I think about that, that is like our ESPY awards. And to my knowledge, we are the only city that has an award show like that outside of the ESPY awards. And so in addition to that, Houston has a high concentration of former athletes that that still reside in the city of Houston, um, as well as current athletes. Um, You also have some of the largest sports athletes. management agencies here in the city of Houston, like a select sports group that's top 10 ranked sports uh, agency in the country. And so you have, you know, all of these different things, not to mention we have, I think the last time, and I might be a little off um, because we're getting these pro teams here. It seems like every day now, but we have the USFL now, the Houston gamblers, we have an XFL team coming next year. I believe we have the Houston Sabercats. So we, we have, I mean, We have, I believe, last time, I think it was maybe 10 professional sports teams here in the city of Houston. And so when you just think about all of these different things going on right now, um, you have sports startups like Seats that was founded by Aaron Canapi, Thomas Fields, that was the founder of Brian Basketball. 
uh, Chris Buckner, who's the founder of Mainline uh, Esports. Um, and so you have all the all of these different success stories here out of coming out of Houston. And so for me personally, over the last five years, I would see these different sports startups that were pitched to us through through Stadia Ventures. But what I noticed there was a lack of women, black and Latino founders on these teams. And so when the opportunity, you know, pretty much was was came into my lap, you know, after Preston, I had many conversations and Preston was like, hey, I think we can do this. I, I, I pretty much um, I we support it. You taking a run with it. He gave me the keys to the car. And so we were able to launch that. We were able to launch that accelerator. And uh, I mean, we've been rocking and rolling ever since. We have 10 startups uh, in the cohort. We have partners like Intel, Verizon. One of the weeks, we're going to be covering uh, tech stack and tech infrastructure. So we have Google coming in. So it's almost like a, if you think of Google week. And so we're going to be having uh, some of the folks from Google um, you know, teach the founders about uh, how they can utilize, you know, the cloud and and things like that for their for their startup. And then we have Gunderson, uh, who's coming in to talk about IP and copyrights and trademark and things like that. And so and so, yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's been an awesome opportunity, and this is why we launched this accelerator here in Houston. But I do want to make one quick point: is that because we are about collaboration, because we cannot do this alone, we are working with other organizations that we call programming partners such as women in sports, to increase more women in the pipeline in the sports tech uh, landscape. And so one of our partners is women in sports tech. We're working with H-Tech Sports Tech, Canon Sports. Um, we're working with Sports Innovation Texas that's based out of Austin. RGA, Global Venture uh, Sports Studio, they're one of our partners. And so they were helping us to source startups across the country. And so all of this all of the things that we're doing, we could not have done this and had this level, a level of early success if it wasn't for these various partners throughout the country, right down the street in Austin, all the way up to Dallas, working with scoreboard ventures and stadium ventures and those guys. And uh, and so, yeah, and then also working with Lead, Lead Accelerator based out in Florida. And so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to really uh, have a collaborative effort. And work with all of these different stakeholders to really make uh, make an impact in the sports industry through this accelerator. And then I'll make one one last mention that one of our partners is the Houston Dynamo FC. And so nice. the Houston Dynamo, they're leaning in really hard, as well as other partners as well, like the Houston Outlaws. But the Houston Dynamo, they have their uh, some of their C-suite executives that is coming in to be lead mentors, as well as provide pilot opportunities for these founders. In addition to the Houston Outlaws, we also have mentors an advisor from the Rockets, the Texans, the Astros, and so forth. And so I'm just excited, man. I'm really passionate. I'm just excited about the Sports Accelerator. And so I gave you a long answer, but, you know, sorry <laughs> about that. Hope you forget no, so, <laughs> it's no, It's no problem, man. So, yeah, uh, everybody knows that Houston's a pretty big energy transition area, but I personally didn't realize how big it is in the sports industry. So what would you say were some of the challenges in kind of getting the sports tech arm started? Yeah, I think some of the challenges were, you know, a disconnect between the sports community here in Houston and the tech community. Because if you think about it, Jonathan, like so many folks in the ecosystem, there's so many silos, right? It's no different than like a university campus where you have all these different colleges and everyone's kind of in their own bubble and works in silos. And so I think that was, for me, that was a major challenge. And so what I wanted to do to really address that was, was you know, 
pick up the phone and call these call of these different uh, you know friends of mine across the different sports teams to have these conversations about hey here's what's going on in Houston we have a hundred million dollar sports tech spec we also have the Ion that's down the street from the Toyota Center that's one of you know one of the top innovation hubs in the country now with all of these different corporate partners and so we're doing all our programming out of, out of there due to that partnership but really educating you know my friends at all of these different organizations about what's going on in the city and then once they were able to be educated and really knew kind of like all of these different things going on that's where they were able to get buy-in from the rest of their team uh, in the organization and so I think that that was a challenge that was a disconnect between the sports and tech community and so I think also there's a disconnect between the sports community and academia and so what we're looking to do is and this is a vision that I have for, for, for our Div Inc. Accelerator here in Houston for next year is to create a hackathon where we have Rice, U of H, to Texas Southern, you know, the University of St. Thomas, all of these students, the business school, the engineering school, you know, the, um, the College of Arts, all of these different students, the student athletes and athletic that have a passion for sports, really building solutions to address pain points that athletic departments have on a daily basis and have these different universities competing against each other. And what that does is that drives awareness with these different groups on the campus, but then also that drives a pipeline. So that way we can have the next Thomas Field, the next, you know, uh, of grind, the next Aaron uh, Canapi from seats that provides a pipeline. So that way it doesn't just stop at Chris Buckner from mainline. We continue to drive this pipeline and having these hackathons on a yearly basis to where once they, um, you know, have success with that, there might be some opportunities for them to participate in our pre-seed early stage uh, sports tech accelerator. And so, again, it's creating this, I call it pretty much, I'm going to just use this because we're talking about sports. It's almost like a farm system, right? If you think about it, we're trying to create this farm system, hackathon, our accelerator, and then we're going to be working with the venture studio as well, um, some venture studio partners as well, um, and then eventually a, a soon-to-be fund, and then a SPAC potentially. And so um, where they might get spac And so we have this, what I call a flywheel in the farm system. We have this flywheel in Houston, but then we're still working with Frisco and, and San Antonio and Austin, but they're... They're basically sourcing and sending them all our way so that that way we can shoot them back up and, and you know, like I said, really be able to uh, transform this city of Houston into one of the leading uh, sports tech hubs in the, in the United States. And I, in my opinion, because Houston is so diverse, it only makes sense. I mean, to be honest, it only makes sense. I mean, we have, you know, when you think about University of Houston, it's one of the largest Hispanic uh, serving institutions in the country. Texas Southern, one of the largest HBCUs in the country. And so we have all these different ingredients here in Houston. University of Houston Wolf Center for Entrepreneurship, number one ranked undergraduate program in the country. Rice is the number one ranked graduate entrepreneurship program in the country. Most people don't even realize that job then, but for, for me, I'm looking at all of these different things that the city of Houston has. Oh, not to mention, we have one of the top medical centers in the world. Yeah. And so that just adds a cherry on top, right? And so we have all these different things. And so really, I wanted the vision that I had was to really galvanize all of these stakeholders um, to really come together and then get this accelerate off the ground and just 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 continue to build from, from this first one. And so 
But yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I think that was a challenge with the disconnect between both communities. And so how did you find companies to participate in Accelerator when it first started getting launched here in Houston? Yeah, so so great question, man. We actually, um, through these programming partners that we had, uh, so like RGA, they have the Global Sport Venture Studio. They're one of our partners um, through Verizon. And so we were having literally weekly calls with, uh, with, with, with Fielding and her team and, and, and Sterling that's on the team, uh, Cal Bunch and a few other folks that's on the RGA team. Every Monday, we were sourcing startups that, that fit the criteria that we were looking for. And they had to either be, you know, in fantasy sports and game and fantasy sports and betting and esports, fan experience, health and wellness. And they had to be along, you know, those different verticals in the industry. And so, you know, for us, we worked with RGA, we worked with Sports Innovation Texas based uh, in Austin. And we also work with HTEC Sports Tech here in Houston to source these different startups as well. And so, you know, outside of our just our general application and process and our promotion across our different channels, again, we wanted to be able to collaborate with these different organizations. And then last but not least, women in sports tech. And so women in sports tech, they were also sourcing deals. Mary Lou McFarlane, who's the founder of uh, women in sports tech and her team, Elise, um, and the rest of the team at women in sports tech at WIST. They were all working with us to drive startups our way. And so we had, I mean, we, we literally had, you know, hundreds of applicants across the country. Um, and so what's really unique about this cohort is the fact that we have a really great group and they're all like in Dallas, Austin. They're from New Orleans. You know, there's a couple of us here based in Houston, but they're all from different parts of Texas. It's some really cool tech that they're building out. And so what kind of technologies are you seeing kind of trending um, in sports tech? Yeah, so I mean, you have, you know, of course you have in, uh, NFTs, which is, I mean, it's just over the last year, it's just really exploded. And I think that really what we've seen here is a digital transformation that's going on because of COVID. And so I think that, you know, at the end of the day, when I think about it, it, it it's one of those things that, if it wasn't for COVID, I don't know if these sports organizations would have embraced innovation so quickly. But I think that because the pandemic that happened, that literally led to the transformation, um, the digital transformation of the sports industry across all of these different uh, verticals. Oh, and then I forgot to mention, Future of Media is one of them. And so that's another uh, vertical that we're focused on. And so what I'm seeing is, you know, Things like the NIL marketplaces that are popping up. I don't know if you knew or if you're aware, but just a few days ago, NBC Sports, they're launching a NIL marketplace for athletes, for student athletes to be able to connect with brands. And so now you're starting to see these media properties um, like NBC Sports that are now jumping into this completely different lane, working with athletes, student athletes in the NIL space. And so, hence, one of the reasons why we're focusing on future media as well uh, in the accelerator. And so, you know, you start to see this stuff happening. I wouldn't be surprised if because you saw NBC jump in that Fox Sports and ESPN will probably jump in as well, too. But, you know, outside of the NIL marketplace, again, you have these NFT companies. Tim Tebow recently launched an NFT marketplace for student athletes to be able to monetize, you know, their, their name, image and likeness. You know, and then so so you're also seeing uh, blockchain. So you have company startups that are, you know, 
basically creating ticketing platforms uh, using blockchain technology. And so, you know, you have a lot of different startups that are internet space, create this type of solution for fans that is a secure type of ticketing experience using a blockchain. So you have that, that going on in the space. You also have, of course, the metaverse. I mean, I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't even mention the metaverse, but you have a lot of different brands like Nike now jumping into the metaverse and creating uh, different type of skins for their Nike shoes in the metaverse that fans can go and purchase in the metaverse. And so they recently acquired a company, I think it's RKFT, I believe, but they acquired this company. They were creating all of this different content in the metaverse. And so now you have brands like Nike that are in that space as well. Adidas, of course, that are jumping into the metaverse. Um, and so you have all of, all of these different things going on. Um, you have Status Quo that recently just created a VR game that was licensed by the NFL that was uh, founded by Andrew Hawkins. And so, I mean, you have all of these different things, whether it's VR, AR, metaverse, blockchain, NFTs, all of these different type of technologies now that are, you know, basically, I think we're at the first inning, to be honest, but all of these different startups are utilizing and creating this type of tech to really enhance the fan experience, but then also drive new revenue streams for these sports organizations, whether it's like the Dallas Cowboys that just signed one of the largest deals with crypto.com. And so, you know, you're starting to see these brands that are working with these startups like crypto.com to drive new revenue deals uh, for sponsorships. Just like you've seen the LA Lakers, it's crypto.com arena. You have all of these different organizations that are now trying to figure out how can they drive revenues there. They're leveraging all of these different uh, things that's happening in that, in that space. In our next segment, more with Ashley DeWalt, Managing Director of Div Inc. Houston, when Texas Business Minds continues. At Texas Mutual Insurance Company, we celebrate the workers who keep your business growing strong. They're a vital part of our community, and we're proud to be on the job with 1.5 million of them every day. More at TexasMutual.com slash on the job. You've mentioned women-founded sports tech startups a couple times throughout the interview. In what ways are you seeing women start to enter the sports tech industry? Yeah, so they're entering in a couple of ways. So, you know, you have one, for example, some women, of course, are launching their own startups. So you have like Athletes Unlimited, uh, that's a media platform. You have other different uh, um, platforms and and channels like uh, the She Gamers, that is a community that is focused on women gamers and creating opportunities for women in gaming uh, to be able to have leadership roles at these esports and gaming uh, um, uh, organizations. And so, whether they're launching a startup or whether they're working, you know, with the organizations um, in the C-suite, I mean, they're entering in in those different uh, those different pathways. That's now being more awareness is around it, and women is. Sports tech is one of the catalysts that's kind of driving that awareness um, around those opportunities uh, in esports and traditional sports uh, for women to really start to, you know, recognize opportunities and to um, take advantage of that. And so, you know, I believe the last stat that I saw was um, there was uh, 80% of sports tech industry and startups are led by predominantly white men. And so that's something that 
again, you want to be able to have diversity of thought in the room. And it's proven through various, you know, I say Harvard business case study that said diversity drives innovation. And so I think for us to continue to drive innovation in sports and, in, and really across any industry, um, we have to have more diversity uh, in the room. And so, you know, like I said, they, they're one of the catalysts as well as us now that's really looking to to drive that diversity in the sports tech space, um, whether it's through launching a startup or whether it's, you know, coming in as a C-suite executive or, or just, you know, just starting off, you know, the entry level, you know, as an account manager and then working your way up from there. You kind of touched on esports a couple of times too. Um, I kind of wanted to gather your thoughts on how that industry is going and, you know, what you're seeing there. Yeah. So, so man, what's funny is this past weekend, the LCS championships was held here in Houston. And I was telling a buddy of mine that if people thought that esports was a joke, they saw it this weekend when the NRG sold out and Literally, I've seen it for the last couple of years when Madison Square Garden sold out for League of Legends. Um, this this was years ago um, for the championships. And, you know, because I was in esports, um, you know, as a consultant, management consultant, I was, you know, working with the Houston Outlaws. And so I was working with them as like the head of brand strategy and marketing. And so I was seeing all this stuff for the last four, four or five years, you know, just explode. And so um, it was really cool to see the, uh, the you know, the championships, um, the LCS here uh, in the city of Houston at NRG Stadium. But then also when I think about esports, there's a lot of similarities to traditional sports. So, for example, you have the athletes, the gamers, the professional gamers. If you see some of the trends over the past year, you now have organizations like agencies, talent representation uh, companies like UTA, United Talent Agency, CAA, Creative Artists Agency, Wiseman. You now see these these you know agencies that were working traditionally with you know sports athletes. They're now working with and representing gamers now, and getting brand deals uh, for gamers now for pro gamers. And so you know you see the talent representation side. You see these agencies now working with the pro gamers there. You're starting to see a lot of brands like Gucci, Nike, Puma. They're all in that space now, uh, working with uh, working with the you know uh, sports esports organization, whether it's Cloud Nine or you know Hundred Thieves or you know the Houston Outlaws, for example. I mean, and so again, it's a lot of this activity in the space um, that, that that you're seeing right now. But that's why again, I tell people we're still in that first inning. Of, of, of esports and just in sports general because all of this stuff is happening over the past like year and a half and so um, you know I would say another trend uh, that I'm seeing right now in that space is that universities now are creating curriculum that is focused around esports and gaming so you have University of St. Thomas here in Houston that was um, they have a curriculum now that was started by Spencer uh, Conroy and Bina George um, and then you have University of Houston downtown. They have a gaming arena. Um, and then you have Lone Star College that will be standing up at eSports curriculum as well. And so you're starting to see um, all of these universities and colleges that are, that are launching uh, these eSports curriculums um, across the country, which is why, um, for me personally, um, I had the opportunity to 
create a curriculum for St. Peter's uh, 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 University that was um, that just had a hell of a run in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. But uh, St. Peter's was one of the clients that I worked with to create, develop their esports curriculum to be able to, to educate these students about uh, different career opportunities in the space. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a trend that you're continuously seeing a growth in um, at the collegiate level. Um, and then, in my opinion, it, from a recruitment standpoint, these universities and colleges are going to be using esports as a way to recruit the top students that are in STEM. And so I see it no different than traditional sports where you had Texas A&M using their facilities, the Aggie Network, all of these different, you know, unique differentiators um, that they had to really sell the recruit to commit to A&M. I don't see it being any different than a university now saying, hey, we have this gaming lab, we use, you know, Alienware products, we have these really cool gaming chairs, the HyperX gaming chairs, you know, and we have this awesome esports curriculum that's in partnership with our business school, our engineering school. So that's why you should come to our university. That is happening right now. And I think that we've only just begun. And so, yeah, so those, those are just a few of the things that come to mind when we talk about those trends in that space. Yeah, and and given how long you've been involved in the sports industry as, in general, um, did you kind of see this exploding the way that it did, or kind of growing this in this direction? You know what? I, I, actually, I did. I saw it because here's why: had I not had the domain expertise for the last twenty years, I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have because here's the thing: I was blessed and fortunate to be able to work with some of the top sports agencies here in the city, some of the athletic programs here in the city were my clients at one point. The Houston Outlaws was a client of mine, so I had this very, I had this unique insight, right? I had this unique insight that I think not a lot of people had about the opportunities here in the city. I've, you know, um, uh, worked with these different brands here in the city, but then also I was at the collegiate level teaching the classes. So I had a unique insight into the opportunities at the collegiate level about the opportunity. So, you know, I kind of had my hands in all these different kind of pots. And so I think that provided me that level of unique insight to understand the huge or the massive opportunity here in Houston that, you know, I just I just think not probably not a lot of people would have had, but not just had the vision, but the actual had the vision to execute on. And so I think that, you know, that's one of those things to where. Uh, I kind of saw it. I kind of saw it coming, uh, coming down a pipeline literally probably about four or five years ago. Um, because I always felt that, always felt that, uh, the industry was kind of like a dinosaur. Um, and then I was looking at all these other industries that were continuously innovating. Um, but I always felt that sports was like kind of the last because again, what, what reason would, you know, organization have to, you know, continuously innovate when they're selling out 70, 80,000 seats per game. You know, so it's like, okay, we just keep doing the same old, same old. Like, why, why, you know, change it? But again, I think that COVID, the last two years, really accelerated that, that, uh, that mindset shift to thinking, okay, we need to be more innovative in our fan experience in general and then also drive, you know, different revenue streams. And so, uh, so yes, I, I, you know, personally, um, 
I think that just all of those different unique insights that I was able to to have, um, I kind of saw this coming some years ago. And so how did you kind of like, you know, start building toward that opportunity that you're you're watching uh, grow? Yeah. So for me, I, I was, um, you know, really trying to, you know, be even more immersed in the sports tech space um, outside of just being a lead mentor for Stadia. Um, also, you know, being on the advisory board for South by Southwest Pitch. And so looking at the sports startups that were coming through South by Southwest that, uh, pitch competition um, and learning more about those and kind of what's, what's the future of sports. Um, and then also, you know, as a management consultant, working with a lot of different sports startups. Um, and so, you know, for me, it was it was really immersing myself over the last five to six years um, to really prepare me for this point in the role that I have at Div Inc. Um, to really launch this accelerator and get it off the ground and then being able to leverage all of these different relationships over the last 20 years that I was able to build to be able to have them a part of the accelerator program. Again, to really be able to drive more diversity, equity, inclusion in that space. And, you know, for me, it's about, again, collaboration. And I think that, you know, at this point, we're just getting started. But, you know, I'm already having conversations with a Comcast Sports Tech, a Stadia Ventures, to be able to provide, um, you know, if you look at almost like a catapult, where we, we're the catapult for these startups to go to the next level and get accepted into, you know, Techstars uh, Sports Accelerator that Jordan runs in Indianapolis um, or, you know, Stadia Ventures. And so... Again, for us to really drive this innovation is going to take a collaborative effort and, you know, and working together to really, to really like move the needle in this space. And, and you know, like I said, if I have it my way, um, when I saw the report that uh, Sports Tech X put out, uh, I believe last week, about the Sports Tech uh, ecosystem here in the United States and the U.S., um, Texas was nowhere in the top five. Um, it was places like New York. Um, you know, out in the Bay. And so for me, I think that we're just getting started and I would like in a year or two, you know, and I'm pretty ambitious guy. So maybe in a year, I would like Texas to be in at least top five, it, you know, at least top five, top 10 at the very least, um, based upon all the things that we're doing here in the city. Yeah. And, and so you kind of mentioned COVID uh, having a big impact on sports tech. Uh, what, what else would you say is impacting sports tech, uh, particularly here in Texas? Yeah. So I think, you know, there's, there is several things. I think that, you know, venture money, uh, venture companies that are venture firms, uh, like scoreboard ventures in Frisco, um, you have next ventures. So you have some, some venture firms here in Texas that are that are invested in sports startups um, but i think there's more that's needed um but you know the fact that they're already kind of you know doing it now that's a great start um but then i think that you know you because it's texas i feel like everybody knows texas is 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 known for sports right football basketball we we texas is known for the athletes that we pump out across all types of various sports right and so I think that a lot of what's driving this innovation in Texas um, is the fact that 
you have these organizations like, for example, the Dallas Mavericks, where you have someone like Mark Cuban, that's a technologist, you know, that owns the Mavericks, that sees the value of tech. And a lot of times he's one of the ones that's at the forefront of the of, of literally, you know, the tech space and, and having the Mavericks, you know, uh, literally like leading the efforts in the NBA, whether it's the gaming, you know, the, the Mavs gaming uh, team that they have, um, all the way to a guy like Jerry Jones who has some, you know, uh, complexity game that's literally branded just like the Dallas Cowboys. But you have these owners, these team owners that that are, you know, driving innovation in sports because they are, they are, they are, you know, very like forward thinking individuals and leaders and they understand the value of tech. And so they're, they're leveraging this, all these different advancements in tech for their own sports entities. And so I think it's, I think with the industry, it's almost like when you see one that does it, then it's, it's like a copycat league. You probably heard that term copycat league. And so you're starting to see a lot of these organizations now kind of following the lead of like the Dallas Mavericks or the Dallas Cowboys, just like you saw with the, the Cowboys announcing the partnership with Crypto.com. Now you're going to start seeing all the NFL teams now going out and getting sponsorships with Crypto.com or blockchain companies. And so those, just to give you some examples, those team owners are some of the examples of like who's really driving that innovation uh, mindset here in Texas in the sports world. And so, yeah, I mean, outside of the startups that are launching here between Austin, Houston, Dallas, um, I think those 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 owners are some of the guys that's, that, that's really changed that mindset. To kind of wrap things up here, what are you excited for in the coming months? Man, I am excited for our demo day and having all of these influencers, athletes, VCs here in the city and checking out these awesome founders that we have in this cohort. I am I am stoked about that because there's some really great companies in this cohort that we have. We've surrounded them with like mentors from all the local pro teams in Houston. Um, so I'm really excited to see that that insight that they have, them being the founders being able to leverage that and then take their startup to a whole nother level in the next 30 to 60 days as we prepare as we prepare for demo day uh, June 30th here at the Ion. So I'm really excited about showcasing these uh these startups to the city and really letting them know, hey, literally, this is just the beginning. If you think this is this is awesome, we're just getting started. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about that and uh, kicking that off in June and having that demo day. And, you know, love to have you guys and, you know, love to have you guys in attendance as well. And and so, yeah, really, really want to make sure that, that that's something that really puts uh, that make the attendance go up and, and, and puts it on everyone's uh, radar that, hey, Houston will be one of the leading sports tech hubs in the country in no time. And I'm sure Chris will be happy to, <laughs> to attend that. Um, but uh, <laughs> Ashley, thank you. I appreciate it. This was a fascinating chat. I'm really glad you had some time to chat with me today. Hey, Jonathan, it was a pleasure. I thank you guys so much. HBJ has always been supportive of everything that Dev Inc. has been doing. And so thank you guys. Thank you and the rest of the team. And yeah, this was awesome and appreciate the opportunity. Thanks to Div Inc. Houston Managing Director Ashley DeWalt for joining us. And thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals. 
and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas.